Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation Layers Chart and Summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello Set Apart Saints, this is David, and in this video I want to talk about the church eras of Philadelphia and Laodicea and focus on Messiah's words about an hour of temptation which will come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth, which impacts us today. Yesterday was the scriptural day of atonement, which is a day of reflection, of mourning over our sins, the sins of our family, the sins of the saints, and the sins of our nation. And I look around at the current state of affairs, and I'm just deeply grieved every day, really, but especially yesterday. So the timing of this video is perfect. As you've seen in previous videos, the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3 point to seven church eras, which span from the first century until Messiah returns. So it's one of the four chronological layers of Revelation. And you can refer to the Revelation layers chart to see how they match up with the corresponding phase of the Roman beast kingdom. The church eras of Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos faced the emperors of the pagan Roman Empire, and they endured ten persecution periods as Satan sought to wipe out Messiah's Ecclesia of Saints. The church eras of Thyatira and Sardis witnessed against the Antichrist beast popes during their 1260-year reign of power from 538 to 1798, during the sea beast phase of the Roman beast kingdom, which we see in Revelation 13. The Antichrist beast popes sought to eliminate the testimony of the scriptures by banning and burning them, and by persecuting the saints during the Dark Ages and Inquisition. And the church eras of Philadelphia and Laodicea faced the end times, false prophet, Jesuit superior general-led, earth beast phase of the Roman beast kingdom, which is in the latter part of Revelation 13. The church era of Philadelphia narrative is in Revelation 3, 7 through 13. Revelation 3, 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. The open door was an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel throughout the world to people who were ripe to receive it. Thyatira and Sardis are the two church heirs, the two lampstands, which witness against the Antichrist beast popes during their 1206-year reign of power, so from 538 to 1798. So then Philadelphia church age effectively starts in 1798 and proceeds forward. So Messiah is writing to that church era, and he's talking about the open door. So what happened in the previous church era was the Protestant Reformation, and the gospel is being preached all over the world. And also, what happened during that time is Ignatius Loyola, the Jesuit general, was empowered to counter the Reformation. So you have two narratives going on. You have the Protestant Reformation, and you got the counter-Reformation. So the saints were preaching the gospel. The open door was an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel throughout the world to people who were ripe to receive it. This time saw the rise of the evangelical church in North America and the British Isles as they took the word of Yah the Heavenly Father to the world. The Great Awakening in America and worldwide gospel preaching crusades redeemed souls from the enemy, and Bible societies flooded the world with the Holy Scriptures. And here are some of the great men of Yah who preached the gospel during this glorious church age. So you'll see why Messiah had nothing bad to say about these saints during the Philadelphia church age. 
Francis Asbury was the first of many Methodist circuit riders. He traveled 270,000 miles and preached 16,000 sermons despite persecution. William Carey was the Baptist father of modern missions. In 1809, he finished the Bengali Bible and published many more Bibles in other languages. Carey sailed for India, where he found an open door to preach the gospel, and since then, Messiah opened the door into China, Japan, Korea, India, and Africa. Charles Finney was an American Presbyterian minister and leader in the Second Great Awakening in the United States. Adoniram Judson was a missionary to the Burmese people and completed the translation of the Bible into Burmese. The British and Foreign Bible Society was formed in 1804 and the American Bible Society in 1816, which spread millions of Bibles worldwide. Hudson Taylor was a British Protestant Christian missionary to China for 51 years. He founded China Inland Mission, which sent over 800 missionaries to the country and began 125 schools there. Henry Grattan Guinness was part of the Evangelical Awakening and preached during the Ulster Revival of 1859, which drew thousands to hear him. He was responsible for training and sending hundreds of faith missionaries all over the world. The Church Age of Philadelphia shined the light of the gospel throughout the world. The saints in the scriptures spread worldwide, preaching the pure gospel and exposing Rome's false gospel. Messiah did not have one word of condemnation for this church era, only praise for their faithful love and service. Now, the false prophet, Jesuit Superior General, can't stop Messiah's Ecclesia of Saints from growing, so he created false Christian denominations to mislead people. These apostate churches, the Daughters of the Harlot Church of Rome, teach some scriptural truth but they mislead people about core doctrine. Jehovah's Witnesses was founded by Charles Taze Russell in 1879. They teach that salvation is through works such as their door-to-door work. And I'll show you a Freemason pyramid at his gravesite, which tells you something about the founder. So here's his gravesite with a right, Freemasonry Illuminati pyramid with a capstone on top. That, that is just huge. It speaks volumes about the founder and the whole Christian denomination. Mormonism was created by Joseph Smith Jr. in 1830. They teach that God the Father was once a man, but progressed to Godhood, and that worthy men may one day become gods themselves. They teach that Messiah's death on the cross does not provide full atonement for all sin. The Unification Church was created by Sung Young Moon in 1954. They teach that Messiah was a man who was not born of a virgin. They teach that Messiah did not resurrect physically, and that Sung Young Moon fulfills the second coming of Messiah. Christian Science was founded by Mary Baker Eddy in 1875. They teach that Messiah was not the Christ, the Anointed One, but a man who displayed the Christ ideal. They teach that he did not suffer for sin. He did not die on a cross. He was not resurrected physically, and he will not literally come back. The Seventh-day Adventist Church was founded by Ellen G. White, her husband, and two other men in 1863. They teach the historicist narrative of prophecy fulfillment, but get some key prophecies wrong, such as the Earth Beats of Revelation, which they say is the USA, which deflects blame away from the false prophet Jesuit Superior General. And there's a pagan obelisk, which represents the sun god, at the tomb of Ellen G. White and her husband, which tells us something. So the USA did not create any of those daughter churches of the Harlot Church of Rome, as it's not the Earth Beast of Revelation 13. It's the fake priest in Rome, the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, who is behind these deceptions as he controls people in the Illuminati and Freemasonry. Do you see how Messiah's saints were proclaiming the gospel while the enemy was creating false church denominations? And sadly, those false Christian religions deceive many people today. In this video, I'm going to focus on the fulfillment of Revelation 3.10. 
which says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Messiah is declaring that the Philadelphia church age does not face the hour of temptation, which means that it comes upon the last church era of Laodicea. He's referring to what end-time saints face, as there are many false teachings which have been created by the enemy, the false prophet Jesuit superior general in Rome, to test the beliefs of the saints. In Messiah's message to our church era, we see the impact of the false teachings of the enemy. Revelation three fifteen to 17 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Messiah is saying that people have lost their zeal for carrying out ministry, for witnessing, for testing what pastors teach to prove whether it's scriptural. He's saying that people think that they know truth. So they have no need of another explanation. But sadly, they've been blinded by the enemy. So let's look at how the general and his army of Jesuit leaders have fulfilled the hour of temptation which tries the saints in the whole world. Most saints believe that they're rich in understanding prophecy fulfillment, but they're blind because they've been misled by the Jesuits' deception of a futuristic 70th week of Daniel 9 in which a supposed one-man antichrist appears and most of the prophecies in Revelation are fulfilled during the last seven years of the last three and a half years. They've been programmed with the false script that was created by the enemy and programmed into their minds through repetition through pastors, books, left-behind movies, teachers on YouTube, etc. And they parrot the talking points. So the talking points are a seven-year tribulation period that starts when the one-man Antichrist makes a seven-year peace agreement. And then many believe that there's a pre-tribulation rapture at that point. And then there's three and a half years of peace. And then in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel, the Antichrist enters the rebuilt temple, desecrates it, proclaims to be God. And then most of Revelation, the seals, trumpets, and bowls are fulfilled during the last three and a half years. That's the false script. And everywhere in these movies, pastors, the books, teachers on YouTube, that's what they cite. That's the talking points that you hear over and over and over. I review videos from people, some who have over 100,000 subscribers, who are misleading people, and my heart is greatly grieved. I see pastors teaching the futuristic explanation, and my heart breaks for them, as they're going to face a harsh judgment. People debate about who is the Antichrist and the false prophet, and will the rapture be pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, etc., all of which is based on the false futuristic script that came from the enemy. It breaks my heart reading Facebook and YouTube comments. And that's my ongoing heartbreak. And then yesterday during the Day of Atonement, I mean, it's really just, it's all I could think about. Just how grand the deception is and how much we're matching up with Messiah's words that we think that we're rich and we have need of nothing. We have no need of another explanation. But in reality, we're miserable, we're wretched, we're naked, we're poor, we're blind. And you can offer the most logical, scriptural explanations to show them the historical fulfillment, and they can't conceive of it because their minds are so programmed with the futuristic explanations. And the attitude of some believers while discussing prophecy fulfillment is woeful. On Facebook, I've been called every name in the book as I've tried to help them see the historical fulfillment. I don't say that so you will feel sorry for me because I'm thick-skinned. I can take it. 
and their accusations actually compel me to work harder to provide better explanations. These people think that they're rich in knowledge and have no need of another explanation. They have need of nothing. But they're unprepared for how the end times will play out and for Messiah's return like the foolish virgins. That's the point of the parable, the foolish virgins, is that the five foolish virgins don't have oil, they don't have scriptural truth to light their way. So they're going to be caught by surprise when Messiah returns because they're following a false script of how the prophecy plays out. The 70th week of Daniel is not about the end times or the Antichrist. What took place in the 70th week of Daniel 9 was the pinnacle of human history. For in it, our beloved Messiah carried out his ministry. He died for our sins as the spotless lamb. He rose again, and he promised to return for his saints. To assign it to the enemy, the Antichrist, is grievous. No wonder the Messiah says that this generation of saints are miserable, wretched, naked, poor, and blind. Messiah said when he was entering Jerusalem for the last time, and he was crying, and he wept over them. Why? Because they did not know the time of his visitation. They did not know the timing of the seventh week of Daniel. This said he would appear in this week. It said that he would die in this week. They didn't know. And guess what? Most people today don't know it either. They don't understand that the seventh week of Daniel is all about our beloved Messiah. They don't understand that he died in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week. And they assign it to his enemy, the Antichrist. The saints rejected the Jesuits' futuristic deceptions up until the 20th century. So they were created in the 16th century, but the Protestant reformers said, no, that's not it. They know better. They know who the Antichrist is. It's the office of the papacy of the popes of Rome. So they rejected it up until about the 20th century. But now they are the common belief because the enemy has blinded them. People like Henry Grattan Guinness wrote explanations in books like Romanism and the Reformation and History and Vell's Prophecy. And he did that to try to counter the false futuristic explanations which were starting to take hold in the church. But since then, the Jesuits' futuristic deceptions took hold through people like John Nelson Darby, Cyrus Schofield, and Louis Sperry Schaefer, who started Dallas Theological Seminary, where the leaven of the deceptions has spread worldwide so that most pastors teach them and most Christians believe them. The bottom line is that any teacher who points to a futuristic 70th week of Daniel a future one-man Antichrist and the most of Revelation being fulfilled during the last seven or three and a half years is misleading you. Sadly, that's most people today because the enemy has been very effective in this church age. The false prophet Jesuit Superior General also had a Jesuit priest create the false preterist explanations, which say that all of Revelation was symbolically fulfilled in the first few centuries and that Nero was the Antichrist. So between futurism and preterism, those two things are deceiving most people, and they deflect blame away from the Antichrist. And what those two false explanations do is they effectively hide the truth of the historical fulfillment of Revelation from the first century until Messiah returns. The one church denomination that teaches historicism is the Seventh-day Adventist Church. But they teach that America is the earth beast, which deflects blame away from the false prophet Jesuit Superior General. They teach that Sunday, Lord's Day, is the mark of the beast which misleads people. People don't go to church on Sunday because the Pope tells them to, so it's not the mark of the beast. The desire to fight against the Antichrist beast Pope has been lost because most don't know that the office of the papacy fulfills that role, as the enemy is hidden in plain sight. 
the passion for helping Catholics come out of the harlot church has faded, as most people think that the Roman Catholic Church is just another Christian denomination. Pastors teach personal development instead of proclaiming who is the enemy of Messiah and preparing people to make spiritual war against the enemy. Many people believe that they'll be raptured out, so they become complacent. They don't seem to care who the Antichrist is, as they think that they won't have to face him. They don't care about the fulfillment of Revelation because they think that they won't be here to see it. And they think that they're ready to meet their Messiah. They're ready for their pre-tribulation rapture. But based on their lack of understanding, that perspective is problematic. The Society of Jesus has infiltrated Protestant churches to compromise their teachings and return them to unity with Rome's Antichrist beast Pope. We see that with Franklin Graham, Rick Warren, Kenneth Copeland, Paula White, etc., Pastors should have nothing to do with the Antichrist beast Pope of Rome other than exposing his false teachings. The false prophet Jesuit superior general in Rome couldn't stop the saints from proclaiming the gospel, so he sent his Jesuit priests to proclaim the false gospel of Romanism around the world, which has dynamically increased the number of people who revere Mark on the forehead and obey Mark on the right hand actions the Antichrist beast Pope. Over the past century, the number of Catholics worldwide has more than quadrupled, from an estimated 291 million in 1910 to nearly 1.2 billion as of 2010. As of November 2019, there are 1,690 Catholic basilicas. Many of them were built in the 20th and 21st centuries. Italy has 573, France 168, Spain 123, Poland 105, the United States 87, and Rome alone has 66. So the Jesuit Superior General has been busy building temples of the Antichrist. So while the citizens of Messiah's Ecclesia of Saints, called Holy Jerusalem, is increasing in number, so is the harlot church of the great city of the Roman beast kingdom, which exalts Satan. Do you see the spiritual battle that's taking place during these church areas? And what are we doing to win the war? Revelation 13.12, which is about the end times earth beast phase of the Roman beast kingdom, it says, And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So we see how the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, is causing the world to revere, worship, the Antichrist beast pope, fulfilling this prophecy. And now Jesuit Pope Francis is drawing all religious leaders and even Protestant leaders under his authority, so that they go to the Vatican to revere him, to worship him. The false prophet, Jesuit superior general, can't stop the Bible from being spread around the world. So he created false, corrupt Greek and English Bibles. A major step in this process took place in the 19th century, when they used heretics Brooke Foss Westcott and Fenton John Anthony Hort to create the Greek New Testament in 1811. Instead of being based on the Texas Receptus, like the King James, it borrowed from the corrupt Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, which removed many words that validate Messiah's deity. Codex Sinaiticus was found in a trash heap by St. Catherine's Monastery monks. On nearly every page of the manuscript, there are corrections and revisions done by ten different people. It is indeed worthless trash. Codex Vaticanus is kept at the Vatican of the Antichrist beast Pope. In the Gospels alone, it leaves out 237 words, 452 clauses, and 748 whole sentences. The early saints rejected these manuscripts, so they were cast aside for a thousand years until they were later dug up and called ancient manuscripts. Westcott and Hort were heretics who didn't believe in the deity of Messiah, so they sought to remove many proofs in the scriptures. The Greek New Testament of Westcott and Hort has 5,337 deletions compared to the Texas Receptus Greek. 
many of them words which validate Messiah's deity. Westcott and Hort helped create the 1815 English Revised Version Bible, which is based on their corrupt Greek Bible, so it's also missing many relevant words. Then the enemy helped create the Nestle Island and the United Bible Society's Greek New Testaments, which are based on the Westcott Hort Greek Bible. The Nestle Island Greek Bible has 8,000 differences from the Texas Receptus, and it's the basis for nearly every modern Bible translation, including the NIV and ESV. This is why they're missing many words that validate Messiah's deity. For example, the NIV has almost 65,000 fewer words than the King James Bible. Then came more Bibles, which are based on the corrupted Greek Bible of Westcott and Hort in 1901, the American Standard Version. In 1971, the New American Standard Bible. In 1973, the NIV, the New International Version. And in 2002, the English Standard Version. Because the corrupt Greek Bibles and modern Bible versions are both missing words and verses, most pastors don't notice the difference. And as you can see, the false prophet, Jesuit, superior general, and Satan have been very effective at perverting Yah's holy word. So I recommend sticking with a literal Bible translation that's based on the Masoretic text in the Old Testament and the Texas Receptus New Testament, such as the Geneva Bible, the King James, Young's Literal Translation, and the King James 3 from J.P. Green. Trials have come upon the end times Laodicean church era for two primary reasons. Most believers blindly trust their pastors and don't study the scriptures to prove out what is taught. Others see the deceptions that have been taught by pastors, and they've learned about many deceptions in this world, so they think that everything is suspect as they've been misled by so much. This sets them up to be deceived by the enemy with false narratives if they don't have good discernment, because the enemy has gotten very slick at providing explanations which seem to align with scripture. And here are some of the deceptions that are testing the saints in the end times. You may not have heard of them, but I have studied these things and I have countered them in many cases. People like Scott Shub teach that there's no scriptural justification in the Old Testament for a Messiah and that the New Testament is fictitious. People like Rav Shaul, Paul Sides of the Sabbath Covenant, teach that Messiah was 100% human and that he sinned. And when he became obedient, he became a God and that we can do the same thing. Some people proclaim that the name Jesus Christ means Hail Zeus, that it means Earth Pig, and that people who use the name Jesus Christ are not saved. Some people proclaim that everything must be in the Hebrew, and that the Greek can't be trusted. Some people say that the cross is pagan. Some people proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Antichrist of Revelation. Some people teach that the Apostle Paul is a false teacher. And some people proclaim that the Earth is flat. And I address most of these topics on my different websites, which I will put links to in the video description. And the reason I address them is because I'm trying to help the saints see scriptural truth in the end times so that they're not deceived by all the myriad of deceptions which have come from the enemy. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That time has come. False teachers have infiltrated seminaries and churches and YouTube. The time is late. The saints are in a slumber and the enemy seems to be prevailing. You can't win a war if you don't know who the enemy and Messiah and the saints is. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. 
First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We certainly live in the hour of temptation, which has come upon the world to try us. And who knows what the future holds as we may face severe persecution for our faith as the enemy in Rome seeks to wipe out Messiah's ecclesia of saints. Messiah gives the end-time saints this admonition in Revelation 3:18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou may be rich, and white raiment, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with thyself, that thou may see. We need to pray for the Spirit to give us eyesight, to be able to see the truth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21 says, Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good. Ephesians 4.14 says, We should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Revelation 16.15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. We need to be clothed with the truth of prophecy fulfillment so that we're not exposed when Messiah returns. Messiah closes with the promise to the overcomers of the church era of Laodicea in Revelation 3, 19-22. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I pray that these videos cause the saints' minds to be filled with the glorious truth about prophecy fulfillment which the enemy has hidden. I pray that Messiah's ecclesia will be raised from their slumber and use the authority that Messiah has given to her to cast down the enemy's power with scriptural truth and fervent prayer. In the next video, I'll talk about the image of the beast in Revelation 13. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. I love y'all. Shalom.